have we talked about this yet? I can't remember now if we've talked about it yet on the podcast, uh, what they're doing on World Cup of Star Trek now. I, yeah, I don't think we have since... I think the last one we did was... Um, yeah, I mean, the last, they were doing seasons. Uh, seasons. Yeah. yeah, they were doing seasons before. Doing, it. talking about seasons, but I don't think we've talked about it since that. Yeah, I know we've talked about it off air. Um, but yeah, they are doing... Now they're doing best... I guess like uniform like slash costume because they're doing a lot of they're doing a lot more stuff than I thought they were going to do because they're basically just doing like anytime someone wears a different costume hmm. like um, so for example like right now you know there's like section thirty one from DFS nine the Rutian police from TNG who I don't remember what episode that's from but they look, hmm. they look pretty dope and then like the Vidian. Like Vidians from Voyager, like oh, their, okay. their their look, so you know. Like anything so it's like not not that's not really like a the Vidian uniform necessarily, but you know but they anything all kind of that's wear like this, a, a visual style, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, I've actually been thinking about the World Cup of Star Trek person who runs that account actually retweeted our our episode that we talked about them on the, our Prodigy episode. Oh, really? Um, nice. Which is nice of them. Yeah. I I don't know, you know. Uh, who this person is, but I was kind of like, oh, maybe I wonder if we should like try to reach out to that person and like interview them on the show or something. That could be kind of fun. Yeah, there's I, like, I feel like there's something we could. We, we've definitely uh, we've definitely mined their uh, Twitter account for a lot of content. It's <laughs> true. So, um, but yeah, the uh, that's been a fun one because like there are a lot of like really cool outfits, and I, I will say like as to be expected, like. Almost always, the Starfleet uniform is winning. Okay, um, sure. J- just because, like, people are going to be like, oh, like, just kind of the recognizability factor. I'm just like, I don't really know what the Vidians yeah. wore. Probably rags, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, also, like, uh, to, you know, to be fair, like, oftentimes the costuming of, like, some of these random alien races is not, like, yeah. the best anyway, you know? Um, I feel like but, the Romulans like, could make a run for it. I'm I'm a yeah, fan the of the are, like quilted shoulder pad. Outfits. Yeah, yeah. There's a few Romulans that are doing well, um, but um, in, I'm not really complaining because like I think most of those most of those uniforms look quite good, you know, with the exception of I don't like like the second half of DS9 uniforms. Mm-hmm. Not a big like fan of like gray on gray. Yeah, I don't like the beige uniforms from the motion picture really, mm-hmm. but most of them I, I think are pretty good. Um, Oh, that's something we forgot to bring up. Uh, I had made a note that we forgot to bring up last week is that I think season three of the Next Generation was when they was when they oh you're right the like better quality TNG uniforms. That's right. Yes, I noticed that too last time. How uncomfortable everyone was getting in the in the previous ones. Yeah, I I was reading they cost three thousand dollars per uniform to make. Oh man, well that explains ones, why you sometimes see the which like, see the side characters wearing the old ones. Yeah, which like I can't like how even, <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's funny too because even in the new ones, like they still you still see Frakes and uh, Stewart like having to like pull them down every time they stand up from one of those the, chairs. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's funny. Yeah, I, I, looking at those costumes, it's like I can't I can't argue anyone who would vote for those. Like like they look very sharp. Like so, I'm not even saying it's like really bad that they. But, but but yeah, it's like some of these, it's like, yeah, Section 31 from DS9, like, they're just kind of wearing black uniforms. And then these Rudian police from TNG, they've got some really kind of 
sharp stuff going on that I like a lot, but it's like, you know, they they're losing though to the they're losing to section 31 even though I don't you know, I I don't think they should, but I I try to vote for I try to vote for whichever one I actually think is the most aesthetically yeah. uh pleasing, but um yeah, nothing really like to report yet in terms of like a really big upset or anything like that cuz it's pretty early days. We're still in round in round 1. Um mm-hmm. but uh uh, although I guess I will say though that um, the changeling outfit has passed on to the second uh, round, which I think is kind of insane considering they have like one of the ugliest. Uh, have you even seen very? You haven't seen that many episodes with like regular changelings, but like with like the the founders or whatever. Yeah, their uniforms are so ugly, and they beat out like they beat out. I believe the two crazy people who uh, who like come from the future in Captain's Holiday to get, uh, to get like, oh, the, sure. the, the, the artifact, who yeah. look awesome, and they beat those people, so I'm like, there's huh. no justice. But, uh, anyway. Just uh, something to keep in mind if you're on Twitter. It's, it's a fun one going on right now. So, I'm sure we'll talk about it more later. Uh, hi, everybody. This is Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard. And I'm Brady Jungle. And speaking of changelings, we are talking about The Alternate, yeah. which is uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, Season 2, Episode 12, written by Jim Trombetta and Bill Dial, and directed by David Carson. Um uh, changelings I, I don't want to say too much about this in case of like spoilers but like changelings uh surprisingly relevant uh again in yeah in ds9 mythos for the first time in uh many years uh right yeah. now on Picard, well, our, so. well, when is our i'm trying to think of when this is coming out compared to when ours this i think Picard might be done by the time this comes out yeah you're right actually i think our special will come out before before this good call yeah, this is kind of an interesting episode. It's actually sort of not entirely dissimilar from our last episode, Evolution. It did, yeah. Episode. It does. It watching them right after each other. It did kind of like force some comparison. I feel like I like this one a little bit better though, because I, I think there's a little bit more um, interesting kind of like thematic parenting stuff in it uh, that I like. Interesting. Okay. I think that the kind of central sort of theme of this episode, I'm very curious what your interpretation of it was. So. I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, if you had any thoughts on it too, because I think, honestly, it's it's less about parenting and more about being parented, like, in my opinion, anyway. Like, it's more hmm. about, like, okay. how it feels to be a child of a person, you know, but I... So I'm curious what you think about it, too. But yeah, yeah, the Memory Alpha synopsis of this one is, The Bajoran scientist who used to be Odo's teacher arrives with evidence of others of Odo's kind. So, yeah, this is like also like a pretty early kind of like lore episode about about the changelings, because for a while they... Yeah, I I was kind of wondering what the sort of context, ironically enough, for this (laughs) was. Because I do know, I know that like, almost immediately like there's mention of the dominion in the the gamma quadrant um but no one knows what they are but no one knows like what first. they are it, right because like and like we know that odo came from there right but yeah but it's not till like much later that it's revealed that the the changelings are sort of like the founders of the dominion right yeah and yeah. like odo and is one of or like the same type of thing Yep. Okay. That's right. 
But the, but the Dominion have been mentioned by now, right? I think Probably. so. I mean, it would be about I feel like this there's time. A times that like refugees will show up and be like, "Oh yeah, like so many planets in the Gamma Quadrant are take being taken over by the Dominion." Yeah, well, there's an episode we did a long time ago. Actually, I think it's it's the one. I think it's the one with um, the guy who tries to steal the um, steal Dax out of Jazia. I think at the beginning of that, there's kind of like this offhand mention from some refugees about. I might be I might be getting a couple episodes kind of confused, but mm-hmm. I think it's in this season of they kind of start mentioning them kind of like obliquely, and then I think in season three is when you find out that they're changelings and that that's where Odo came from. I think. Um, okay. But my chronology might be a little off there. The show definitely becomes much more serialized as it comes as it goes on. Yeah. Um, so not not very much right though, right at this point. We actually we did the, we did the episode right after this one just recently. We did the the episode right after this is Armageddon Game, the one where uh, oh, O'Brien right. and Bashir are trapped on that planet. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyhow, that's what's going on around this time. Okay. Uh, yeah, but why don't you take us in? Why don't you take us into this uh, this episode? Yeah. So basically, this episode starts out with the instigating event is that this doctor from Bajor shows up who is named Dr. Maura Paul, who was basically the the scientist who had found, when Odo was kind of first found in the Alpha Quadrant and was initially just like a kind of shapeless compound and then like started to sort of become humanoid and start acting like a changeling and like was kind of the scientist that spent most of the time like studying him and then like working with him and it, it it seems like kind of like sort of like train teaching him or like training him like helping him become able to kind of operate in humanoid culture yeah i will say too i i forgot about this guy because i think this guy's in a couple episodes if i'm not mistaken oh really although we, we are skipping over though that uh cork is cork is trying to sell body parts at the beginning of this episode uh, yeah that's true of someone who's uh, not actually dead yeah, so uh, Mara Paul, Paul, and I think he's in two or three. Let's see how many episodes he's in. He's in two episodes. Um, okay. And I forgot about this guy. I think this guy's hilarious because Odo, when he was first kind of being born or whatever, just was like, "Well, I, I just model myself after this like is a." This what everyone a, looks like. Yes. Yeah, like everyone, everyone looks like this guy with bad hair. I think it's that's very funny. Like he just like picked someone who's like got a really bad haircut, and like right. that's just why he looks like that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I, I did enjoy that. Like, yes, I like personally responsible for Odo's hairstyle because I guess that's just what I also do is just have like gray hair, like super tightly slicked back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and so so Odo, yeah, because Odo's kind of like busting quirk for trying to pull a scam and then he comes into the bar and Odo's whole like demeanor changes and he gets like very kind of visibly uncomfortable and embarrassed and and Marpole kind of starts talking about like you know kind of immediately is like oh look at you and like I'm so proud of you and like look at how far you've come and like you're talking with this guy and like you've gotten better at ears um and all these things. But he kind of says, like, well, he doesn't say, I think that's part of the key of this, is that he doesn't say you've gotten better at ears. He says, oh, you're still having trouble with those ears, huh? And then he's like, oh, don't worry about it. It's it's all good. Like, it, it, ears are hard, you know, like. Uh, yeah. 
I, I, I also think in this scene, like, I feel kind of bad for Quirk. Like, I feel like Quirk is, like, genuinely trying to, like, be a good friend. Right? Yeah. Because, yeah, like, as soon as he comes in, like, there's sort of this, like, awkward, kind of, like, uncomfortable moment between Dr. Mora and Odo. And then Quirk kind of is trying to, like, break the tension of be like, oh, Odo's, you know, like, told me about you. And, like, you, why don't you have a drink? And, and then... Odo just gets like real mean to him and he's like that's just quirk he sucks yeah <laughs> let's leave that that scene is interesting because like I was left to being like I wasn't quite sure or whether quirk is telling the truth about I I, I kind of think he is like because he seems like actually upset that like he got that he got scammed and that this person whose body parts he's selling that's oh thing you think that, like he was doing. actually like the victim here that like he bought these these things from someone and he also thought it was like the dead guy. That was how it seemed to me. It, yeah. it, it seemed like he was actually sincerely like, well, can you please do an investigation? Cause like I bought all these body parts of this guy to sell and, and yeah. now I don't have I them. I need my know? money back. Yeah. 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 I did feel, I think this is like the only scene that quirks in and I felt really bad for him, <laughs> but yeah, I feel like he was like just being very like genuine and nice and like trying to sort of like, make an awkward situation less tense and Odo is very mean to him like storms out well I mean Quirk and Odo the thing is is that Quirk and Odo like each other and they just would never admit to it you know yeah I mean Quirk might maybe guess, if if there was if there was a good reason if there was to. yeah there was profit in it yeah and then they kind of walk through the halls and Dr. Mora kind of keeps sort of being all over Odo being like oh you know kind of like trying to teach him about he could have been your friend you should have I know you've gotten better at some aspects of, like, interacting with humanoids, but, like, this is something you should keep working on. <laughs> Odo's basically like, you're not my dad. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically. That's kind of the early part of the episode is is that Odo, like, clearly is kind of, like, resentful towards this guy and, like, doesn't like him, but also just gets kind of, like, sort of withdrawn in himself and, like, a little, like, sheepish. Like, you can tell that he does. Yeah. It is this kind of, like, relationship of he was always kind of the almost like the child in their relationship yeah um although i guess this is the thing is maybe there's just different ways to interpret it because i feel like it could also just look like someone that was in an abusive relationship if that makes sense yeah especially like in there there's a later scene where they kind of really get into it with each other and marple's kind of trying to make him come back to bezier with him and and does the whole just like you know, you never should have left me, and, like, you clearly, like, you need me, and you're, like, not good enough to, like, survive on your own without me, and, like, all of these other people that you think are your friends, like, if they find out what you're really like, they'll turn on you, and they'll hate you, and, like, I'm the only one that can understand you, and it kind of felt like that sort of, like, gaslighty kind of relationship of, like, one one party, like, never letting the other one really, like, blossom into who they are, because they treat them like they're always and again like most of the time are very like kind of like patronizing and like kind of faux encouraging about it but but kind of keep that sort of undertone of just like oh you're like not good enough and like need me to be the sort of figure that yeah keeps you in under my wing yeah i think that there's like an ambiguity here that i find sort of interesting like i i yeah. i think I think that you are not wrong. Although then 
by the end they kind of are like well like he was doing that but wasn't doing it like on purpose or maliciously and like didn't realize that this was how he viewed Odo and like because he had kind of been taking care of him since he was just like a little science project that he never like he still thinks of him as being kind of functionally a child and like doesn't like is it kind of more about the like having to discover like who he is now and like have a relationship with with him instead of like like it's that kind of things have changed over time and it can't always be like it was like it, it does feel like he wasn't like that was possibly how it was affecting Odo but he wasn't doing it like on purpose or maliciously or knowing he was doing it but yeah, I think the thing about this is that, like, there's a couple things going on, right? Like, there is, like, yeah, like, the stuff where it's, like, these two have this weirdly kind of contentious relationship that is more, it's kind of one-sidedly contentious, you know, where it's, like, Odo is sort of chafing against the sky for reasons that are, like, not, I would say not even, like, fully elucidated in this episode, where it's, like, yeah, you can see some of it. Although I'm trying to remember, does he ever talk about this, like, before... I'm trying to remember how much they kind of talk about his backstory of like when he was just sort of like, cause I feel like, I feel like I remember him kind of being bitter about just like being studied in a lab before this. Yeah. I mean, they definitely talk about that kind of thing. I just, I couldn't tell you the timeline of it. Like, like, like what they talk about this before or after this? I cause guess. I feel like it is just kind of part of Odo's character that he, he always kind of feels like he's being condescended to and like just wants to be, treated as like an equal and like valuable member of the crew and not someone who's like yeah like he always kind of feels like he's being viewed as an other and doesn't want to be i guess yeah yeah i think that to me like the two different things are going on one is like that yeah this kind of relationship that he has with this guy that is like based on like their past interactions where like there is like this weird kind of like affection but also resentment there but then at the same time the other aspect of it, I think, is not just the the, the doctor guy, but but like kind of all the characters on the show are talking about him like he's like not really fully a person. Like they kind of are talking about like how interesting he is or weird he is from a medical or scientific perspective, and he just I think he feels a little bit like he's being put on display, like you were saying, you know, like yeah. like at one point like the the guy. Marpal calls him calls him stew. I think he says like "you're stew" or something like that, which I was like, "That's just rude." Yeah. Um, but then, uh, or like um, you know, he's telling all these stories about like early days yeah, to like- Jadzia, and Jadzia is like, "Oh, what about this?" Blah blah blah, and like, and and Odo is clearly uncomfortable about it. And then, like, also like, there's a couple times where where Bashir is like. Well, I try to treat you, but you're just so weird. Like I don't know, like you know, and yeah, yeah, like yeah, like it, it turns out you don't breathe. So now, obviously, it, I, I'm gonna say dehumanizing in like the not a literal sense because obviously he's not a human, but like it is, it is like yeah, deep depersonalizing. There's a yeah, there's a depersonalization there that I think he yeah. is like struggling with. That is that I think is like a, a big part of of the episode. Uh, the, the, that's kind of like part and parcel to like Odo's like whole thing where yeah, he does have a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he's not necessarily respected or treated, you know, equally. But then I think the the doctor stuff is, is interesting because it's like, I don't think that like you're supposed to like have a fully positive view of that guy um, by any means. But I think that to me, a lot of this episode felt like it was like, 
how as you get older, like sometimes it you might want to change your relationship with your uh with your parents or like to your parents and your parents just like viewed as a child anymore yeah and your parents don't understand that you are different that like it takes (laughs) longer for your parents to catch up to who you are sometimes uh, as an adult or just even as like as you get older than than where you are yourself and I think like a big part of their relationship is that is that Odo is like, don't you see like I am my own person now? Like I I am like a kind of a fully articulated being, and yeah. like you don't need to like you're trying to be encouraging to me, but like oftentimes you're just being condescending, and you're trying to tell and you and you're acting like you know what's best for me, but I actually know what's best for me, and like but at the same time it's like I don't think that it really like there are things right where it's like. Well, this guy did clearly like do some stuff to him that he should not have done. Beyond like the stuff where you, where Odo is like, well, don't don't treat me like this anymore. Like clearly, Odo is resentful at him because he kind of poked and prodded at him because he didn't know what he was, and like that is yeah. an understandable, perfectly understandable thing for Odo to feel. But even that, like, I feel like there's a thing that I this is the thing that I do think about a lot as a parent is is the idea that like. Despite your best intentions, and maybe the doctor didn't have the best intentions, but like despite your best intentions, like there's going to be something that you do that is going to you're going to do something and hurt your your kids. And you're going to do something probably that will like hurt your kids for like a long time. In the sense like 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 everyone's gonna have to go to therapy at some point and or, yeah, or like maybe maybe everyone should at least, you know, like Yeah. And um and so, like, part I, I felt like the the show was kind of like, yes, this guy made some pretty significant mistakes, but it's like it's kind of this 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 combination of like he's trying, but he's doing the wrong thing, and he doesn't understand yeah. Odo anymore, and and also like Odo again is like has legitimate grievances with him for things he's done in the past, but ultimately like he does care about he does care about Odo, even if he has trouble expressing it. Um, yeah. In the right and way. I think it, it is an episode that like, I think they do a good job of that. You can kind of like see this relationship play out through like the interpersonal interactions. And then they end up like turning the plot of the episode into sort of a, like making it play out in a kind of like metaphorical or like, right. Like there's like a physical like expression that kind of is the, sort of a presentation of what's going on in like the kind of less tangible realm of these people's relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah. But also I would say you're saying in, in like the, at least like, like the kind of the last few scenes where, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it will like, I'll, I guess I can go through the plot now and then, cause I think it's, it's like when we get to the end, we can maybe kind of circle back to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that sort of what, good how that plays into kind of this part that we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, so the doctor and Odo and Dax, I think goes down with them. Yeah. And then just like some guy, and, and like yeah, like guy a there. guy that looks like Dan Aykroyd <laughs> all like beam, like, cause, cause basically the reason he came to deep space nine to find Odo is because he, he heard about some vodka that it was in a skull. No, sorry. Uh, sorry. That was the Dan Aykroyd joke. Okay. <laughs> Um, is that like there's the planet I think is the planet in the gamma quadrant probably I think so yeah um that like basically there's 
there was some like report or readings there that are similar to Odo. And basically like before now, like no one has ever seen or heard of anything like Odo. And so there's like a possibility that there's another life form of kind of Odo's same like species or kind of type of thing. And so they're going to go and check that out. And so they go to the planet and there's like a weird, like a big obelisk with some carvings on it. And then they also find like a little sample of goo that like they say like has DNA that's kind of like of a similar pattern as Odo's. And so they like collect that and bring it back and then also beam back the the obelisk. Mm-hmm. But as soon as like as soon as they beam off the obelisk, it sort of sets off a kind of Indiana Jones style trap and like they get flooded with like a poisonous gas and they have to like emergently beam them into sick bay and they're like, yeah, they're going to be fine. But they're like, Odo, it seems like was probably unaffected because he doesn't breathe. So the gas didn't affect him. Mm-hmm. And then as they kind of keep studying the stuff, they have the the life form in like a little jar and they're studying it and they're like you know it's it's growing really fast and changing and then the next night there's like a power surge and they run into the room and the jar is broken and they're like oh no the you know this life form has escaped and so they're trying to track it down and like you said a kind of similar feel to our our last episode of the next generation where it's just like oh no this thing is like escaped into the station and is like growing and developing i'll say this too i'll say this too i think by this time that this episode comes out we'll have said some kind of not super nice things about at least parts of picard well maybe the second <laughs> half of the show will will uh yeah, will, will, it'll fare better but i will say this for picard their changeling portrayal technology has certainly uh, gotten better. improved because uh, it looks pretty cool and gross in um, in yeah. that show. And there, like, there's a couple scenes where it's just like a pool of like it's just gack, basically. Which is like that that looks okay, but then like the scenes where they, <laughs> the scenes where they have to have it be in CG is like some of the worst CG it's I've rough. ever seen yeah. in in Star Trek, and that's saying something. Like, <laughs> uh, it's yeah. I it's, mean, it's like, pretty bad. To be fair, it's you know, nineteen oh, sure, four. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah, it is, it is pretty rough later on. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and so they end up. So basically, they're kind of you know crawling through the the station, trying to track this thing down, and then I'm trying to think of does anything happen before O'Brien like finds finds it and it's dead. Um. Do they take the sample off the dead thing? Is that where they, when they find out that it's that it it is Odo? Well, they take a sample from. The, oh no, because they, they so they find the dead one, but then there's another one that attacks. Then Bashir gets attacked by one because he gets like choked by a tentacle or whatever. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he mm-hmm. like has like the laser scalpel. Um, yeah. And so then they have like the sample from the dead one, and then they also take a sample from the one that att- attacked Bashir. Because that's when they figure out, like Bashir's like, well, these are actually two different things. Like the the dead one is the one that had escaped from the jar, but then now there's like something else that attacked me that has like different DNA, and then 
Dr. Mora recognizes that DNA and is just like, that's Odo. Um, and so he kind of figures out that like something that happened on the planet affected Odo and like he doesn't like it's he's basically like sleepwalking and turning into this like monster that's attacking people and like Odo doesn't realize it um, and confronts him with this and sort of like stresses Odo out so much that he kind of breaks down and transforms into this you know kind of goo creature yeah I always kind of feel bad for for Renee when he has to do that because it looks so gross. Like whenever he has to, yeah. Because there's get always like out. sort of a transitional. Like it starts out with him, and then there's kind of like a transitional thing where yeah, he just like has a bunch of like goo on his face to make it look like he's melting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they kind of transition from that into the like CGI like golden brown stuff. Yeah, and yeah, and so then like he's escaped, and so they come up with a plan to try to trap him using like force fields and like they're like this is definitely the worst part of the like like it, to me like the the worst the weakest part of the episode because it, it is like a big time well what if we just did science ending uh-huh. or because like i think what they say is like can we set up a force field i think i believe uh, i think i texted you this last night that o'brien says <laughs> like well, I could reverse the polarity of the energy fields. That might work. And it's like, oh, okay, good. Like, yeah. do it. You know, like, yeah. That just, that, that's nothing, you know? Right. <laughs> just pure nothing. Yeah. And then they, they're like, well, how do we get him to come out and figure out that, like, oh, like, he's, because he's so angry, like, he has all these, like, feelings about the doctor, like, he's going to come after him. And so he, like, just kind of goes and, like, stands out on the promenade to try to bait him out. Mm-hmm. And then is trying to like talk him down and then they like put all these force fields and like this monster kind of like slams into the force fields a bunch of time and then kind of like collapses and turns back down into Odo. Yeah. And the doctor does apologize to him at that point. Yeah. And then there's a little scene at the end where like they like have him fixed up and the doctor's just like, you know, I had no idea sort of like what the way I was treating you, like what that was doing to you or like how that was making you feel. And I, like, should have tried to understand how you were feeling and how, like, kind of much this was affecting you. But I, like, would still like to, like, kind of, I'd like to sort of, like, start over and become friends with, like, the person that you are now. Yeah. um, Instead of, like, trying to keep treating you the way I used to treat you. Yeah. Um, And Odo, I think, says something like, yeah, that'd be nice and come back and visit some other time or something like that. Mm -hmm. Come back Um, one one more time to visit. Yes. for, For one more appearance later on yeah uh what i liked about this episode i i think is that like i do think it was about those things we were talking about without without it really like being like it didn't really like put too fine a point on it like it kind of like allows you to take that out of it by observation you know like i i I liked it's not like necessarily subtle but it's like it's i don't know it let you at least have to like do a little bit of like work to to figure out you know yeah i I think it did allow a little bit of like you could kind of bring to that relationship like what you wanted to like focus on from it almost or like yeah or like had like some i think nuance might be kind of the best word to it like it's not like just a clearly like this guy was mean to odo or like yeah this guy was a great dad and odo's just bitter 
Yeah. Um, but it was like more kind of nuanced than that in both directions. I feel like. Yeah. So I dug that about it. I thought I I thought this was a pretty good a pretty good one. Yeah. Not like one of the best DS Nine series that we've ever watched, but definitely definitely a good a good episode. Yeah, I think had had like some good like thematic stuff to it. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The one thing I was trying to figure out, I didn't take a lot of notes with this, but one one that I was like kind of looking back on it is that like what did the obelisk like have to do with anything like it it almost feels like it was like left from an earlier like version of the script or something because there's a couple times where they sort of like hint it or like kind of make it seem like it has some significance but it's just kind of there and then like doesn't do anything because like when when Dax like kind of first comes in to start studying it, she like kind of gives it this like significant look and kind of lingers on it for a while. And then there's another scene where like Odo comes in and he's like, wasn't the obelisk like in that part of over there before? And Dax is just like, yeah, it was in my way. So I had it moved. Yeah. That, that like, scene was weird. Cause I was like, I thought they were going to be like, Oh, she's like, she's yeah, a then you're like, Oh, like, is she actually like the changeling or like, yeah. Yeah. Like I was very curious. Like, and then that, like that didn't turn into anything at all. Yeah, I'm looking to see, because I thought that it was, like, the implication was, like, that the obelisk had made the gas or was, like, activating something, but maybe that's, maybe that's, it seems like you didn't yeah. get that from it. Uh, I, I, well, I think so, like, on the planet, I think it was, because it was, like, right after they beamed it off that the gas started, so it it seemed like some sort of, like, it triggered, like, a trap or something, that, like, oh, you weren't supposed to remove this from this planet. Yeah, I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to see if the obelisk has, like, a... But then it never got, like, followed up on... Like, it didn't it, end up playing into the story after that at all, even though it, like, was around for a while. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I wonder if it, like, it was it was supposed to be something, and then... It doesn't have, like, a, a memory alpha page, so... That's surprising. <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought maybe, like, they would explain that there, like... Yeah. Yeah, it's as he observes the artifact they brought back for a second, then leaves. You know. Yeah. But yeah. They, they don't I guess the only anything. thing I can see, apparently, like lower down, it says apparently Michael Pillar mentioned that uh, the hardest part was to keep a secret that Odo was the one who was actually doing it, and so I had to throw in a bunch of red herrings. Oh, so maybe sure. it was just there, like that scene, like that scene with Jadzia, and like some stuff with y'all. Like, like maybe it was there to make you like suspicious of just like oh maybe she's the changeling and then yeah huh just to kind of maybe yeah try to make you like suspect everyone Mm -hmm. Uh, also apparently they did the initial idea was to have uh renee abergenad play maura paul in these sort of (laughs) oh they should have done that they should have they, they, they even mentioned like they're just like you know in the same vein as like Noonien Soong being played by Brent Spiner or Louis Zimmerman being played by Robert Picardo. Oh, they should have done that. That would have been good. Apparently, like, the thing that made them do it was that it would take too long to have him, like, get in and out of, like, switch makeup back and forth between sure. Odo and Morapal and would, like, double the amount of time it would take to make the episode hmm. um, to have him, like, film both roles. But I still say they should have done it. That would have yeah. been good. Cause yeah, I, I do that when they do that with with Zimmerman and and yeah. Soong, and Soong, and then every other person related to Soong. Yeah, it's a good bit. What can I say? It really is. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think that's all I had. I 
but yeah, I, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it weirdly it reminded me a little bit of um, not really in subject matter, but just like in thematics. Like it reminded me a little bit of um, the movie The Favelmans, which just came out. Uh, the the Oscar nominated but non Oscar winning, unfortunately, movie The Favelmans by Steven Spielberg, which I think oh, yeah, that is, was one you liked a lot, wasn't it? I did. I think, yeah. And, um, you know, that movie is, it's kind of about, it's part of it is about this, where it's just like about kind of like, you can't ever escape your parents. And like, eventually there's a, comes a point in your life when you're, when you're growing up where you realize that your parents are human beings and not like these kind of like monolithical Hmm. Mm -hmm. things. And that like, there and you is, have to like relate to them in the same way that you relate to all other like fellow humans, right? Well, basically, like that, there, there's like something about that that is like kind of like scary or like frustrating about that, where you're like, well, you didn't, you just made that up, like, are you, you know, but like also at the same time, like there's something like there's something that's very lovely about that too, because like it's it's kind of this realization of, oh yeah, well like. They were trying their best. I mean, like, obviously that's not true of every parent, but, like, I, certainly that, that's how I felt. I think that's how he feels about his parents based on the movie, and that's how I feel about my parents, you know, how I hope my... I think that's how I hope my kids feel about me. I think that's all you can ask for is that, like, you can look at, like, what your parents did for you and be, like, they wanted the best for me, even if they didn't always like do a good job. Yeah. Like, I don't know, there's a, there's and not, and I'm not saying my parents didn't do a good job, but you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, but they were, they were human and like in the moment kind of like, yeah, yeah. they're going to make mistakes. You might disagree with them, but like, I think if your kids can say that about you, like that's, I think about as good as you can ask for, honestly. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I, I liked that kind of like thematic bit, but um, yeah. And uh, a little, a little different kind of a thing for a Star Trek show, which I also appreciate yeah. Um, okay. Well, is there anything else you want to say? Don't, don't beam random obelisks off of yeah alien planets. I guess. Don't go chasing obelisks. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, this show comes out every other week. You can follow us on Twitter at contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can follow us on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T-R-E-K-S. You can also check out the other shows on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. There is Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. And there's That's Not a Science Works, which is a science and pop culture podcast. And Cool News... I've you noticed I have not said yet what the next episode we're doing is. That's because we're doing a very special episode. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. So it, as we have explained before, but it's <laughs> maybe it's, misplacedly so. But no, I, I, I don't know. It's just like it's new Star Trek. I don't know. It's, it, it'll be like it's a different format. So um, we've talked about this before on the show, but it, it's been it's been probably a good a good amount of time since we have. So I'll uh, re-explain it. So how the, how the, we pick the shows is we put all the episodes into a random number generator that my wife uh, uh, keeps track of. So thank you very much, Kim, yep. for doing that. Shout and out. and then we kind of randomly pick these numbers, and then we we do the episodes based on like the numbers that each each of the the episodes is assigned to. 
So, you know, that means there's one for every episode of every of every show, and then we have like a kind of a separate thing we do when it's time for us to watch the movies. And obviously we do the the specials about the new series as they come out. All that to say, we have uh, one entry out of the 800-some entries that we have. We have one entry that just says Short Treks, which is uh, basically the collection of all 10 episodes of Short Treks, which is a series of kind of like mostly promotional-based uh, shorts that kind of like we're supposed to tie in for the first few years of like the Paramount Plus years of, of Star Trek to tie into like those larger shows. And I don't think you might have seen what one of these or something. I've seen a couple of them. I think I've seen three, maybe three or four, actually. Okay, yeah. I've never seen. Um, I never seen any of them. Basically, I've seen the ones with Pike in them. Okay. Yeah, I've never seen any of them, and uh, so we'll, this is like news check for us. And then we're going to, but we're going to watch all ten of them, which is like you know probably like two some hours of 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 content or of of, of watching. And then we're going to do a episode about them uh, with Caitlin and Nicole from That's Not How Science Works because uh, we usually do our our episodes with them in June, and then we just kind of happen to draw this. Uh, this number for June and ask them to do one with us. And that's what we're doing. And so, yeah, I think we're both really excited about it. Uh, Cause it's like kind of a different kind of thing that we get to do. Uh, and we get to kind of talk about a lot of different little kind of bits and bobs with Caitlin and Nicole, who are always like really fun guests to have on the show. So that's what we're doing um, next time. So if you want to kind of participate in that, you can watch those shows. They're on Paramount plus. If you just look up short treks, that's where they are. Um, and you can check those out and watch all, and then talk along with us or not talk along with us, but you can, I guess if you want to talk to us through your podcatcher as I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. Or Twitter. Or... Yeah. You could say, you could talk to us on Twitter. That's true. Uh, uh, I know a few months ago we were making jokes about like if Twitter's still around, but it's still around. So I know everyone's been making like every podcast I feel like went through a, a period of like making those jokes every week. And now we're just kind of like, yeah, well, I guess, I guess it is what it is. I guess. Yeah. I guess it's still happening. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, so we're really excited about that. So I, I will, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next time. And yeah. Yeah. Until then, thank you everybody for listening. Thanks everyone. Bye.